Hello, welcome to another episode of What the CF, a cystic fibrosis podcast with me, Ingrid Grenard. Thanks to everyone who listened to our most recent episode, which was number 16, Hospital, where we had a great debut from Orson giving his first um, interview, uh, which was very, very cute. And thanks for the feedback and likes and shares and comments, etc. As always, you can support the podcast if you're enjoying what we're doing and you want us to keep doing it then visit buymeacoffee.com forward slash WTCFBOT. You can get lots of info about us on our website at whatthecfcom and you can contact and follow us on social media at whatthecfpod on Instagram, whatthecfpod on Facebook and email us wtcfpod at gmail.com. Now this week's episode super 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 exciting. As some of you may have seen an interview on the CF Foundation website with one Dustin Rayner who is better known in the wrestling world as Dustin Bosworth. Now he is a professional wrestler with CF and I thought I really have to talk to this guy. I need to find out more about him. So he's based in Florida. We had a chat last week so I'm very excited to share this interview with him. Um, professional wrestler for I think 20 years he said. He was also on a reality show um, hosted by Stone Cold Steve Austin called Broken Skull um, and he does various other training and mentorship within the wrestling community. So without further ado this is episode 17 Wrestler with Dustin Bosworth. Hi, I'm Dustin Bosworth. You listen to What to See Yeah. I'm proud to be on here. I'm proud to share my story. I hope this inspires a lot of kids and a lot of parents dealing with cystic fibrosis. Welcome to What the CF. I'm Ingrid, your Hi. host. And today I am lucky enough to be talking to Dustin Rayner. And you're over in Florida, is that right? Yeah, Southern Florida. So yeah. Dustin was on my radar because you recently did an interview for the CF Foundation because for a CFer, you probably have quite an unusual career. <laughs> Can you tell us a bit about what you do? Yeah, so uh, my name is Dustin Rayner, but internet knows me as Dustin Bosworth. That's with a Z. Yeah, so I started my wrestling career in 2004, so 19 years, almost 20 years ago. I've been doing it for almost 20 years, and I've traveled a lot. I've been all over. I crossed a lot of boundaries that were, when I was younger, wasn't going to happen, but I did it. Maybe you can tell us a little bit about what you know about your diagnosis from when you were a baby and your childhood and what your health was like. So uh, I was diagnosed when I was uh, eight weeks old. My dad and my parents noticed they, uh, my breathing wasn't on point. So they took me to our family physician named Dr. Theodore. And he uh, ran some tests and it came back. Cystic fibrosis, Delta F508, the most common full-blown uh, you can get. And then he... Referred us to a guy named uh, Dr. Jack Kramer. He was a CF specialist, and he was known pretty much around the world. Uh, and then he became part of my life for 21 years from there. Oh, wow. So you had the so, same doctor your whole the whole time you were growing up? Yeah. Yeah, never changed. Um, he was really good. If he saw just the smallest infection, he would knock it out, kill it before it happened. But, I mean, I was just like any other CF kid. I was in and out of the hospital growing up, IVs everywhere. At the time... There wasn't much about it, so you really, it's 1984, so you didn't know much about it, uh, so at, at first it was scary for my parents, my family, and then, um, you know, we just, we adapted, and, you know, we seen Kramer sometimes three or four times a month. As I got older, and at the time, any kind of exercise was a no-no for CF patients, uh, and then I started walking, well, when I walked, I started running everywhere, and he couldn't stop me, I just ran, ran, 
we went back and seen Kramer. I think I think we went. Kramer's like, let's do a ninety day visit. Unless he gets sick, bring him in in those ninety days. So three months have passed. I was doing fine. I put on a lot of weight. I started running everywhere. And then um, dad, you know, we showed up. And my dad was like, hey. He runs everywhere. The nurse is like, well, you can't have him do that. You know, it's not good for his lungs, whatever. Well, we see Dr. Kramer, and when he explained to me what I was doing. So he ran tests on me, and notice the more I ran, the better my lung functioning was. Then I put on a lot of weight. So they took me to uh, OU, Oklahoma, Oklahoma Medical University, to run tests on me. Mm-hmm. Everything came back, and then exercise became a part of my life. My whole life, I was, I've always been an athlete. Yeah, and when you yeah. said you put on weight, were you on Creon and that kind of thing at that time, or? Yeah, yeah, Creon was day one. Yeah, and um, so you didn't have a problem once you were taking medications and so on as a child. Did your so your weight improved, your fitness improved? Which treatments were you able to take growing up? So obviously you had Creon because you needed that, but what else were you taking? So uh, um, I was taking at least eighteen pills three times a day. Uh, Creon, Bactrim. Uh, and we'd switch antibiotics, vitamin E, vitamin K, prescribed ibuprofen. I don't remember all of them, but as far as like inhalant, uh, inhalers and treatment guns, I was doing albuterol, pulmazine, or al- albuterol, cobramycin, colimycin. And there's one more, I don't remember what it was, but there were four treatments four times a day. Pretty full on. And and what about physio? Yeah, chest compression. Yeah, yeah, uh, we did that. The, the treatments were every four hours. So my dad would, at night, say it's 2 a.m., it's time for a treatment at 6 a.m. So it was all, all around the clock. Um, and then as I got older, uh, I wanted to play sports. So I went to my doctor and said, hey, you know, I want to get – my dad's like, he wants to get in sports. And I was like, I want to play football. And I was like, am I able to? And he said uh, – he goes, can you throw and catch the football? I said, yeah. He goes, there's your answer. So <laughs> I've been an athlete. I've been an athlete since I was probably seven or eight. And, I mean, it's still going on, going on today. I'm 39 – 38. I'll be 39 this year. Do you think that's had a big impact on your health as an adult, being able to stay fit? Definitely. Um, growing up, I didn't want to be, I knew I was different health-wise than the normal kids or whatever. I never, I was, I was like, I grew up in a small town. And my, and I got a big family. Everybody knows my dad, whatever. You know, people on the outside knew I had CF, but I never really talked about it. I never, I, I kind of hid behind it because I didn't want to be, here's everybody else and here's me. Yeah. You know. I was always fitted in it. As I got older, you know, I, I got real heavy in the baseball. And um, I'm telling you, I mean, I got an unbelievable story. Uh, I, I was always a top athlete. I was always uh, ahead of a lot of people, um, even with Seattle. I was in the hospital. I remember I was playing um, a baseball game, and it takes nine players to make up a baseball game. And that's exactly what we had. I started feeling really sick, and uh, I finished the game. And then the next day, we went to Dr. Kramer, and I was diagnosed with spinal meningitis. Oh, wow. And that almost killed me. Yeah, I was, I was uh, pretty much dead. So I remember the first day in there, I got a spinal tap. I, I was so sick, I didn't feel it. Um, I was in the hospital for three weeks. I couldn't eat for three weeks. So I was fed through an IV. My eyes were so red that the only thing I was showing were my pupils. And then um, the Dr. Kramer came in. He's like, look, you know, we're out of options. It was 1996. I was 12. He was like, we're out of options. And there's this new medicine. It was one of the two that, that was just in uh, trials. It's never been used on a human. It was either Pulmazine or it was uh, some stuff called Fortez. I don't remember. One of the two. But I was the first one to do it. And uh, my dad's like, you know, he's like, this is either going to heal him or it's going to kill him. Dr. Kramer is always up front. He never beat around the bush. He never said yeah. everything's going to be okay. So my dad had to sign a waiver and I took it. And then, um, the next day I, I ate my first real food in three weeks. Wow. Whatever it was, it helped. 
Yeah, amazing. You were very lucky to have that relationship with that doctor too. Which, what state are you from originally? Oklahoma. Oh, you're from Oklahoma, yeah. So yeah. That's, that, that's a good experience to have that doctor with you growing up because they'd really get to know you as an individual and see the variations on CF patients because everyone's experience is so very different, even in the same gene combinations. And adults with CF that I speak to very often, yeah, they, they don't tell people. And it's not necessarily hidden, it's just on a need-to-know basis because you have, you know, you just want to live your life like anybody else and you don't want to be defined by something that might change how people react or behave have you got any siblings yeah i do i got a brother and sister and they they, 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 they don't no no but so were you the uh the third or second i was the third i was the baby oh okay so yeah it would have been a complete surprise for your parents and how did your parents treat you growing up did they how did they balance having kids without cf and a kid with cf and one that was so active and athletic as you you know looking as i became an adult uh and I'm an adult. I don't mean a 25 year old adult. As I became a real adult, I I look back and I remember everything. Uh, I remember I always got toys and things like that. You know, I'd get a shot. I go get a toy. Um, my dad did a really good job of balancing out. He gave just enough as much attention to my brother and sister as he did me in that way. I mean, obviously, I got a lot of attention because I was sick a lot. But I never I never understood at that age. I was like, oh, well, I'm getting toys, whatever. As a kid, you know, you don't you don't understand. Okay, but you don't think. That your siblings feel left out, and that sometimes as I got older, I realized I I apologized to both of them because I didn't know, I didn't understand. And my grandparents, my mother, they they treated me a lot differently. I never asked for that. I never, I like I said, I I never asked to be treated differently. I've never wanted to be treated differently, and it happened. You know, as far as when it came to like sports and stuff, I was the same. Like I I was not treated any differently. But as far as family, yeah, and I didn't realize that until I got older. So. Yeah, I have heard from um, some others where, you know, it's challenging, especially if you're in hospital, the parents focus and everything revolves around appointments and visiting hospital and everything. It's really hard. And we're aware of that with um, our six-year-old where we he's starting to understand to explain that Orson has to have this for this reason. And he's so supportive and cool and he like cheers Orson on when we do physio and do all this kind of stuff. Right. Um, but yeah, it will definitely be different for him and I think when I one of my sort of grief processes of finding out when Orson had CF was for Harrison his older brother because I thought oh he's now got this brother who's going to have something different and that makes his life different right. once you see how things are going now it's definitely not the kind of diagnosis it would have been for your parents we're getting diagnosed now and the treatments are so different I mean we didn't have when he was diagnosed there's just the basic really? like there's this the saline and the pulmazone and antibiotics but I think we didn't have trichafta funded so trichafta came out when Orson was about a year old and when we heard okay. about that we were like what and then it wasn't funded here, so it took two years. So it just got funded this year in April for six years old and over. So Orson's not old enough for it. But we now know that there's a, a treatment that will allow him to basically live a normal life, which changes it. I, I just think about people getting a diagnosis today will be getting a yeah. diagnosis and then told, but this is what we do about it. When uh, in your generation, they would have been much, much <laughs> more uh, terrifying to hear that diagnosis especially with what the prognosis was then because they're looking at data from the previous generation to you and kids didn't do well at all so what I wanted to ask you because obviously 
it's pretty exciting that you're a wrestler. And when did you first want to be a wrestler? Because lots of people do want to, but many, most don't become one. So what do you think inspired you to actually go, I want to be one? Like, when did you think that? And then how did you even start thinking, I'm going to do this? I was five. You were five? <laughs> yeah. And you were watching wrestling well, on the think, TV? I think my brother was watching wrestling at the time. And uh, I just walked in and uh, saw this guy that was, his name was Ultimate Warrior. And he had the face paint and the tassels off his arms and he was jacked and big and I was glued ever since and you know my whole time growing up I always said that's what I want to do. Who were your heroes growing up then? Ultimate Warrior, um, Bret Hart, Shawn Michaels, Hulk Hogan, Sting, the list got Ric Flair, the list goes on and on, Harley Race. Um, but as you get older and, and you tell people like, hey, I want to go into acting or I want to go into pro wrestling, or, it's almost impossible for a lot of people to see that. Cause they're like, Oh, you don't want to do that. Get a real job or whatever. And, um, <laughs> so there's a lot, a lot of negativity. High school came around. I stuck to my plan. Uh, my dad was like, just finish high school for me. Yeah. And I did barely. And I graduated. I started from there, graduated, went to college for about three weeks and decided it wasn't for me. And then I looked at a place in San Antonio wrestling Academy. Once you get into something like that, you don't know like where to even start. So found this place, San Antonio. I told my dad, I really want to go here. And so I moved down there, stayed about a month, could get a job, came back home. I needed surgery on my shoulder anyway. So I came back home. I became a corrections officer. Oh, wow. So I went and took my criminal justice classes in criminal justice, uh, worked in corrections for a year. I got my surgery. A year ago, I was watching TV wrestling one night and there's this guy on there and um, the announcer said he was trained by Harley Race, which is a old school, old time pro wrestler, really good friend of mine before he passed away. And then it was in Missouri, a town called Eldon, Missouri. So I looked into it right away. And by about a month, I went up there, met with Harley, I think a month in January, 2006, I moved up. And I started my training there. I worked for Harley for many years. Um, the training was brutal. It Give was us bad. An, uh, yeah. an example of what would a training session involve. So three times a week. It was Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday for five to eight, five to nine. So we're in there. We would start off with um, 50 three-count push-ups. So that means one, two, one, two, three is one push-up. So down, up, down. So that's one. So it's actually 100 push-ups. Three-count jumping jacks, uh, a ton of crunches. We would finish with about 250 to 300 squats and then with 50 half squats after that. Then he moved from the the conditioning into the ring and do more conditioning. That means, you know, you, you learn everything and then you start taking your bumps, which is falls in the ring. It was brutal. It was uh, really, really brutal, but I was always, always finished. I was always, I never quit. You said you had to have shoulder surgery. So you were able to recover and be able to start a career yeah. even with that? So I drove a standard, a stick at the time. The day after I got my, I was released from having uh, surgery on my shoulder, I was in a sling. So I drove all the way to Missouri for six hours, shifting gears like this. <laughs> and um, and then that's when, that's when it all started. I came back home, got healed up. and went up there in January of that year. And it was brutal. And like I said, you know, nobody knew I had CF. I didn't, I didn't uh, speak it. Um, I figured... You know, I like to prove myself before I would say something like that. So all those years, even all those years, I mean, I was at Harley's for almost 10 years and I never really expressed it. I did a fairly big, a really big reality show in 2015. Well, I did that show. It's called Brooklyn Skull Ranch. Uh, the the uh, guy that was that did the show is named Stone Cold Steve Austin. Uh, big time for us. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I did the show after it aired on TV. I got a hold of the uh, 
CMT casting the network. So, hey, I have CF. And at the time, it was like, okay, I can use this as a platform for other people, for parents and kids with CF. Say, hey, look, look what I've done. You know, you don't have to be sheltered. You know what I mean? I get it. It's it's a it's a it's an illness. It's a bad deal. But it all, like you said, every like I have the full blown disease. Mm. I don't have partial. I don't have. I got everything from my lungs, my digestive system, to my pancreas, and everything involved with CF. I have. Mm-hmm. Uh, my doctor died when I was twenty one. And then when he died, I never went back. Really? Yeah. Uh, I met my wife. Her name's Michaela. We, um, and she's a wrestler, right? Yeah, she's a wrestler. Yeah. yeah. Her family's generous. Do you reckon you, if her, you're a wrestler, you need to be married to a wrestler because the routine and schedules that you guys live by is quite unusual, I guess, for most of us? Yeah. It's crazy. Uh, so I met, I met her in 2016, and then I moved. We moved north. I moved to North Carolina, and I don't know what why it popped up. But so at this time, it was. It's been 12 or 13 years since I've seen a CF doctor. So what about treatments now? Then do you take any medication now? No. So you don't uh, take trichafter or anything or colidico. Well. Yeah, I'll get to that in a second. But I went, I went 13 years without any medicine. How I made it, I have no idea. I haven't been in the hospital sick since 1997. Trichopta came out. I don't even remember, what, four years ago, yeah. five years ago. I didn't start taking it until last year. Mm-hmm. And I don't know why I decided to start taking it. I don't know. I, I, got, a, I got a friend in Canada. He has this fibrosis. And I, was, I always have conversations with him. And I was like, I, I don't feel any different while I'm on it or since I've been taking it. And he said, well, you're so healthy before you started. Mm. You know, so, I mean, I take it every day, though. Do you have lung function tests or have you had one? Do you know where you sit on that? 100%. You do? You sit on 100%? Wow. And so did you before Trikafta or you don't know because you weren't going? Before. So it must make, I mean, everyone's different, but do you have, has anyone uh, been a wrestler in your family? Like is your dad a big guy? Did he wrestle at high school or anything? No, he's a big guy, but he wouldn't, he he never wrestled. My wife's family, her dad is a wrestler, her mom you know, her uncle, her aunt. So she's generational in wrestling. Um, so she came from that. But um, I'm the only one uh, my side of the family. Orson, who is our CFA, he is a little bruiser. Like, he's mental. But they're both very energetic. But Orson has got quite a crazy streak to him. And I definitely want to channel that in there. And I work out with, like, little dumbbells and stuff. And I've bought... Um, Orson has uh, one pound little dumbbells that he has and he'll do a workout with me. And they're both the boys are obsessed with being strong and muscly because they watch lots of superhero things. So (laughs) I showed them pictures of you. I was like, look at this guy I'm going to talk to. And Harrison's like, wow, he's so big. (laughs) It's like it's like completely their their uh, wheelhouse of of what they're into. Um, So, yeah, definitely fans and fans of the theatrical side of it so do you like you mentioned you got a, a different name when you're wrestling do you have a like a wrestling persona i do um i've been through a, a few over the years um i just, so i've always been like aggressive in the ring and that's you know i'm just a badass so, i would yeah. say are you a bad guy a wrestler or a good yeah. guy wrestler yeah i'm a heel it's always better to be a heel than a baby face it's always good <laughs> it's always easier to get somebody to hate you than like you um <laughs> I used to uh, do this donut gimmick, and I did it for a while. Uh, my wife came up with it, but the guy, he, you know, I ate, the character was eat, I can eat donuts all day and still look like I do, you know, just <laughs> rubbing people's, people's faces or whatever. And I came out wearing sprinkles and <laughs> eating a donut and all that stuff. I still wrestle some, and I, I love doing it. Do, do you work with any kids? Do you do training with younger wrestlers? No, uh, yeah, I do. Um Back in North Carolina, my friend Lodi, he had a uh, rest, he has a wrestling academy, and 
he used to be on TV and stuff, and uh, we're really great friends today. I went to his academy, my mother-in-law and my wife uh, set me up to go to his academy, so I went there and trained, and he was like, hey, what do you think about helping me and my kids and all that stuff? So I became an assistant coach there, and then we moved to Florida about three months ago. My wife got transferred, so I moved down here, and I now help with the academy down in Pompano Beach. So yeah, I like doing it. Rewind years ago, there's a CF clinic in Tulsa, Oklahoma, and when I'd come in and visit, I would drop by, and, and um, they had a little exercise weight room for the kids, and I would go in there, and I'd talk to them, and I'd help them, you know, work out, try to do as much as I could when I came home. Like you said, your kid, he's strong, right? He's mentally strong. With you, like, huh? you've obviously got this drive and ambition, but and yeah. you've kept yourself physically fit, and you had that goal, like I said, Everyone wants to be a wrestler when they're six, seven, eight, but basically no one becomes one, but you did become one. So there's the physical part, but there's the mental, the mental part to get you there, like to push you. How much do you think the CF aspect of it, do you think that made you push yourself harder because you wanted to prove yourself? Yeah, I I, I 100% agree. I did. I think CF made me push myself harder because when I was young, you know, like I said, everybody knew my family. So when I played with their kids, the parents were like, oh, he can't do that. You know, he can't be on the yard playing football with you and all that stuff. And it really pissed me off because I'm like, I can. And then they wouldn't let me in. So it's almost a rebellion, and, really. Uh, that It's a rebellion against yeah. people saying you can't do something. Right. And then, um, you know, I just showed them otherwise. And I remember... When I was in the hospital, so my dad would stay with me a lot, but he, you know, he needed a break. So he would go, we would always go to the baseball fields, watch the games. So when I was in the hospital and he needed a break, he would go watch baseball games. And, you know, adults, the parents would be like, walk up to him and hey, it's, hey, Kenny, his name's Kenneth. Hey, Kenny, is your son okay? And one parent asked him, uh, oh, is your son about to pass away or when's he going to pass away? Some crazy stuff like that. But uh, People say crazy yeah. things to parents, so, don't they? <laughs> you know, I, I kind of had, I held on to all that. As an adult, all through the wrestling, and it's pretty much like telling people to screw themselves that were that were that way. And I, and I don't, I don't mean to be that way or, or at the time, but it's just, you know, yeah, I was mentally, and and I knew, like, I knew growing up, I knew as a teenager and adult, I knew what I had. I, I wasn't in denial. I know I had CF. Not something, you know. I was like, okay, I have my dad always, my dad always used to say, you know, you're not living with CF. CF's living with you. Mm-hmm. And he couldn't hit the nail on the head even better. So yeah, exactly. Always had a mentality like you've certainly never let it let it hold you back at all. Diet's obviously yeah. very important for anyone with CF, but especially for an athlete like yourself, bodybuilder or yeah. wrestler, you have to eat a lot. So tell us a bit yeah. about because this is the stuff that blows my mind. <laughs> what people eat when they're training? What what sort of um, what's your diet like? So typically, I start my mornings off with uh, here lately probably about eight. Eight eggs, sunny side up. Over about four pieces of toast, wheat toast, covered in strawberry syrup. Two hours later, it'd be chicken and rice. Later, another three hours, chicken and rice or fish or whatever meat I'm eating that day. Always has something to go through your body. So about probably about five, four or five thousand calories a day. And then on my okay. cheat days, where I kind of bend, bend the steel rod a little bit, I, I take about my wife really makes me like strawberry shortcake. I eat about two pounds of that. I hit about <laughs> ten thousand calories. On, I hit about ten thousand calories on that day. So you so. have a cheat day, and that means you can eat, you eat anything you want calorie wise. And then the other days, it's like high protein, yep. high protein stuff. So your treatments now, you're doing trichafta. Do you still do other treatments? No. You don't do any nebulizers no. or anything like that. Obviously, you're a very unique person, 
and you've had this amazing life and career and opportunities. And as you said, like CF is very much living with you. You are you are living your own life. If um, yeah. you were going to talk to kids, teenagers, young adults with CF, what advice would you give them regarding fitness, sports, uh, knowing their limits, and you know what, how they can set themselves goals and that kind of thing? I would let them. I would tell them don't don't listen to what other people say. If you want to do something, go do it. If you're capable of doing it, me, I had no limits. Like my everybody's limits for me was here. I brought them way up here. Uh, stay, stay healthy, more exercise, the better your lungs are. And that's also depending on how their lung functioning is. Cause I know some as, uh, uh, growing up, some kids lungs are really damaged and you can't do much, but like I said, that's a tough question because it, it all depends on how their health is. Mm. Uh, so it's I would definitely say I mean, that's a good message to say, obviously you do need to know your limits and, and live to what suits you. But obviously, yeah. keeping a healthy lifestyle and, and training. And there's no reason why, if you've got CF, you shouldn't be able to do it. But you just have to listen to your right. body. Listen to your body. Yeah. Yeah, listen to your body. Um, but hey, I mean, even even if you are at some point where you, you don't think you can do it or... Because you, you don't know until you try. So if somebody keeps you down here, if your doctor keeps you down here, why not try to go up here and see how it does for you? You might... Be better. There was doctors in Oklahoma that my doctor didn't agree with because my uh, we would go to CF functions they have every year. My dad was very heavily involved in it, so I would go with him, whatever. And there were other doctors there we'd meet. Uh, and uh, dad, I, you know, he plays football. And some doctors like, oh, he can't do that. That's a no-no. You know, you're just gonna hurt him. You're gonna be sick. How do you know? Like, I get it. You're, I get it. You're a specialist, but I got my doctor saying do it. This doctor saying don't do it. And this doctor's kind of on the fence about it. And now it's the opposite and, uh, advice they give you. Now it's like exercise, do as much as possible. Like as soon as Orson could stand, they're like, get him on a trampoline, get him bouncing. And... Back to a trampoline. <laughs> when I got older, or probably, I don't know, eight, seven or eight, my friends had a trampoline. So I want a trampoline. My dad bought me one. And then I started jumping on it. And, uh, Notice my stuff is getting better again. The doctor was like, what have you been doing? He's like, he's been jumping on trampoline. He said, keep keep having him jump on that trampoline. So it was cool. And I, as far as I know, I think I'm the first. But back then, none of that was, everything was a no-no until they took me to OU med school and discovered, hey, exercise helps the lungs. So I think, and, you know, my dad always thought we kind of broke that in to people noticing or doctors noticing that exercise helps kids with CF doing that. And uh, my lung capacity, I got, I got really big lungs. I don't know. Every time we get an x-ray done, when I go, say, if I go to the emergency room for non-CF related, obviously the chest x-ray, stuff like that. They, unless I tell them I have CF, they don't know. They wouldn't know from the x-ray. No. Then they try to tell me what CF is. Then they send me a pamphlet. I'm like, I've lived with this for 30-something years. <laughs> I know. I know what it is. I'm well aware. I'm well aware of everything you're telling me. And, and, and like, I had life at, at that time, a long time ago, there's life expectancies. Hmm. First, like 10, then it was 12, then it was 16, and I just kept, I just like, screw it, it's whatever. And uh, and then people were like, well, you'll probably never, because I was 135 pounds all the way up till my junior year. I was skinny, but we don't know if I was that way genetically, that way of CF, but people were like, well, you probably never get over 150 pounds. Most I ever weigh is 251. Wow. So, yeah, 251 pounds. Do you struggle, so, uh, have you ever struggled putting weight on and gaining weight and muscle and things. No. Do you have to work harder than anyone else? Or I mean, I know it's hard work, no, but I, you've been able to do it. Yep. 
eat just the same as everybody else, work out just the same as everybody else. Uh, yeah. So that, I mean, you know, like I said, I've broken a lot of barriers and um, oh, yeah. I'm proud of, you know, what I've done. Yeah, absolutely. And your parents must be very proud of you as well and your siblings because mm-hmm. it must have completely exceeded their expectations of what you would do. Oh, yeah. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> On the podcast, I ask people what their what the CF moment is. So if you could pick like one thing that you'd say, what the CF moment, what would it be for you? So by the time I was 13 or 14, I knew everything about it. Like everything's already happened to me. I don't really have a moment where I was wowed. I wow a lot of people. If I go to an ER or just a doctor for some something else, I'm like, I have CF. They're like, wow, you have CF? Yeah. Because they've never seen anything like it. So yeah. like like me with it but so uh, me personally i've never had a wow moment uh, I've, already, I've already lived through all of it um as a teenager i don't know um i guess i guess going 13 12 or 13 years without any cf it's probably wowed me yeah i would say that is a big one that would be a what the cf, CF yeah. moment <laughs> yeah. and that's interesting as well with the doctors like you said because unless you're dealing with specialists as well they often have next to no experience with cf patients anyway i uh, i'm just going to get the boys to come say hi if you don't mind that's fine you're yeah. good So at this point, I did go downstairs, get the kids, and it basically became complete chaos. Um, so you won't hear that because it's absolute <laughs> craziness. But they were very excited to meet him. Uh, Harrison got a bit shy. Orson flexed his muscles. And they were they just thought he was super cool. It was super cool to meet a, a wrestler in real life. But it did mean I didn't get to say a proper goodbye to Dustin because we basically just got hijacked by the kids and it went absolutely crazy. So, first of all, thank you so much, Dustin, for sharing your story with us. I really appreciate it. It's very personal and I think it's very inspiring to anyone in the CF community to hear what you've achieved and the barriers that you've broken down um, with CF. So I really appreciate you sharing. So a big, big thank you for that. And we'll be back soon with another episode, which will be a completely different vibe again. I know it is. That's the end of the episode. Good boy. (laughs) And we'll see you again soon. Bye.